When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Coghill Golf and Country Club. Coghill is located right on the border of Lamont and Palos Park here in Illinois. It's one of the best golf course collections in the Chicagoland area, including the world-famous Dubs Dread. Had the opportunity to play it once again the other day, and it kicked my butt once again. <laughs> Go out to CoghillGolf.com today to learn about everything that they got going on there, including renovations to their outstanding practice area, which will include, and does include now, Top Tracer. That's a fun thing to do. CoghillGolf.com. We're also brought to you by our friends over at WorldwideGolfShops.com. If you're looking for anything for your golf game, whether it be new equipment, you want to get a few new golf shirts, maybe some new golf shorts, pants, because it's getting colder out there. Even if you're looking for training aids, WorldwideGolfShops.com has everything you could possibly think of. My favorite part is that they actually have deals that go on every single day, and you really won't know what they are until you go to the website. WorldwideGolfShops.com Last but certainly not least, I want to remind everyone one more time of Monster Mat. If you've not heard of that name before, well, let me tell you what it is. It's the best driving range mat or at-home practice mat that you've ever seen. I've used one for about eight months now. It still behaves and feels and it's as durable as it was on day one. Go out to safeplaygolf.com today to learn a little bit more about all the options, the sizes, and the incredible durability of a monster mat. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. Welcome back, everyone, to the show. I am Adam Fonseca. I'm over at GolfUnfiltered.com. You know where to find me on social media, at GolfUnfiltered. You can send me an email, Adam, at GolfUnfiltered.com. Just a quick reminder that we are part of the Second City Golf Collective. My buddies Bill Bush over at DrivingRangeHeroes.com and Chris McEwen. He is the host of the Golf Origin Stories podcast, as well as those two knuckleheads co-host that Range Life, a show sometimes about golf, on Chris's YouTube channel. Be sure to check that out. They have a lot of fun on that show. And, uh, you know, it's funny because, um, as I've mentioned before, we, we, we chat often, the three of us. You know, mainly it's just to talk about just random things. Not always about golf, as their That Range Life says. And every so often, Bill gets cranky. And, you know, admittedly, we all get cranky, too, to be completely fair. But uh, it was nice to see that... Uh, you know, we're always able to put things behind us. And uh, if Bill listens to this, he's not going to be happy I brought that up. But you know what? Whatever. <laughs> we're all in this together. Uh, at any rate, boy, oh boy, if you're listening to this, uh, it is the week of the Ryder Cup. It is the tournament that everyone's been talking about. We've got all sorts of crazy things going on in golf media these days about the players in the Ryder Cup. And I'm going to talk a little bit about um, not only that, not only the attention that we continue to pay uh, to 
what I believe to be the wrong things uh, heading into an event like this. But I'm also going to tell you why I think Europe's going to win. Yeah, yeah, I know. There he said it. Yeah, I I think Europe's going to win again. And we're going to dive into that here in just a little while. Before we do, I've, uh, yeah, a lot of you guys are probably sick of me talking about this topic, but uh, recently I put out a uh, a tweet and I ended up putting it on Instagram as well. Uh, just a just a quick comparison as it relates to COVID stats and uh, and something that, for the purpose of perspective, you know, I lumped into the uh, a comparison with the Ryder Cup attendance, and you know, you could imagine the comments that I received, and I and I understood they were going to come. Absolutely, I did. Yes, it is not the best comparison to compare the number of COVID deaths to uh, that spans over the course of, what, 18 months now, uh, to a three-day event, four-day event. Yeah, I, to- I totally get that. I, I understand that completely, guys. I-, I appreciate everyone pointing that out to me, but yeah, I, I know. Um, uh, but the point of me bringing this up is not about that. You guys, I mean, at this point in the game, everyone's got their opinion on on COVID or not, you know, and then there's, there's facts and then there's, then there's opinion. And, um, I understand, I can't believe I even have to say this. I understand that I, uh, I run a golf website and I understand that the, uh, the name of my, uh, golf website is golf unfiltered. Uh, just to be abundantly clear, on what that name means and who it applies to, it does not apply to you. The unfiltered side, the unfiltered half of that name, that's pretty much so I can say whatever I want. And most of you understand that. I would say the majority of you understand that. But it's the, uh, it's the comments sometimes that I get that do stick with me, probably longer than they should, about... Well, how are you not going to let me say whatever I want on your your social? Well, well, that's that's first of all a feature of social media, and also the name isn't for you. <laughs> I know how that makes me sound. I know that that's uh, probably you're probably hearing that, and you're like, "Wow, listen to this jerk." That's true, though. And I think, as I mentioned before, as well, um, the whole uh, stay in your lane type thing. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, yeah, I can't turn that part of me off. And I'm not going to. You know, you guys know that I work in healthcare, at least some of you do. And that is something that I do every single day. And I'll, all I'll say is this. Again, there are opinions, and then there's math. And uh, quite frankly, one's going to win out over the other. And it's not something that anybody wants to, to, uh, to win unfortunately. I will leave it at that. Uh, As I mentioned before, and as I said on social, on Twitter specifically, I I try to limit uh, my my takes on the pandemic. Uh, It is an important topic, though. And I think as we look ahead to the Ryder Cup, where crowds are expected to be abundant, as well they should be for a Ryder Cup, um, it's going to be mentioned there too. I mean, we can't get away from COVID. And so the, the worst thing that we can do, in my opinion, is just ignore it. And yes, I understand a lot of people will be watching the Ryder Cup, cheering you know, on either the, 
the US, U.S. team or the European team as a distraction to kind of get away from all the other news. Nothing wrong with that either. I'll be doing the same. I'll be watching it. I would like to watch that and just enjoy the golf as opposed to worrying about everything else that I deal with every single day as it relates to this pandemic. But it's going to be mentioned on the telecast, so it's almost it's almost improper, in my opinion, and irresponsible to just ignore it, you know? I don't know. But that's not the topic I wanted to get to today. The crowds are ready to assemble over at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin, right on the Wisconsin side of Lake Michigan. It's a beautiful piece of property. And uh, from what I could tell from pictures, I'm not going out there, um, but from what I can tell from pictures, it's uh, they've done a heck of a job getting the grandstands up, getting uh, you know the sight lines there. I remember that being a concern, I think maybe a year or so ago, asking, you know, besides the pandemic, uh, but also like, is there going to be enough uh, good sight lines to see all the golf there? Because I remember in past uh, majors and other tournaments that they've held, that was always a concern. And it's it's shaping up to be perhaps one of the best Ryder Cups that, uh, that we can remember. And, and the reason I say that is because the venue, the buildup, the, the players involved, of course, and just the history of the event somewhat tied also to the players themselves. And what I mean by that is when you look at the Europe squad, and I'll get to the American squad here in a minute, but when you look at the European squad, I believe, I I mean, I saw a stat where like half of the European squad, including captains and everyone, have participated in some form in 10 or more Ryder Cups. The American side can't say that. It's it's mind-boggling to think of the longevity and the experience that the European squad is bringing to this event. And yes, of course, that also coincides with an increased age. Um, but just it's it's incredible when you think about the roster that this this group will be bringing to Whistling Straits. I mean, obviously, first you've got Patty Harrington as the captain, Luke Donald, Robert Carlson, Martin Keimer, Graham McDowell, Henrik Stenson all vice captains. Obviously, they're not hitting shots. But just think about all the recent Ryder Cups that you've watched and the successes by many of those names that you just heard. Then, of course, we get into the players themselves. Rory, back on his game, I'd say. John Rahm, arguably the best player there. Dustin Johnson probably has uh, some stake in that. And then the list continues. Paul Casey, Matt Fitzpatrick, Terrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, Victor Hovland. All names, Paul Casey being somebody who's played in multiple Ryder Cups in the past, as well as Tommy Fleetwood. But we've got these names now, Victor and Terrell. I mean, these guys, they've pretty much been consistent throughout the entirety of the year, regardless of any tournament that they play in. And then you got Westy. You got Lee Westwood, Bern Wiesberger, Sergio, who's been playing well. And then, of course, we have American's kryptonite, Ian Poulter, who I'm pretty sure, as a captain's pick, will continue to play in the Ryder Cup until he is physically unable to. And then last but certainly not least, Shane Lowry, another captain's pick. I mean, hearing those names, and I understand the American side, we're going to talk about them next. There's a lot of experience in those names I just read off. There's a lot of strong play. 
even from the veterans on that group. And as I mentioned earlier, the amount of experience that most of those guys have in the Ryder Cup format, pretty impressive. Looking at the U.S. team, we all know the names who are involved. Steve Stricker, of course, being the captain in his home state. Then we got Freddie, we got Jim Furyk, we got Zach Johnson, Davis Love the Third, and then Phil. All vice captains. A lot of experience in their own right. Tons of experience, actually, in all those names from a Ryder Cup standpoint. Then things start to get a little, ah, uh, I don't know. Now, you know, fair disclosure, qualifying for the U.S. team is a little bit different than the European team. There are many more captain's picks, of course, on the U.S. team. But the qualifiers, the people who automatically got in, Colin Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, Bryson Brooks, Justin Thomas, and then Patrick Cantlay. No slouches anywhere in those names at all. The trend continues in the captain's picks. Tony Finau, Xander, Jordan Spieth. Good good on Jordan for playing well, by the way. Harris English, maybe a little bit of a surprise. Daniel Berger, I think a really big surprise, at least in my opinion, to be a captain's pick. And then Scotty Scheffler. Scotty, I feel, has gotten the most bets from me uh, on DraftKings on, you know, throughout uh, the season. He just, he always seems to be there. I, I don't know. I mean, the same can be said for Tony and Xander as well. So on paper, and this is something that Steve Stricker actually was quoted as saying, on paper, the U.S. team appears to be the stronger team. When you consider recent play, when you consider um, the recent, you know, tournament finishes, all that stuff. But we all know, as the tired cliche goes, tournaments are not won on paper. So why do I think that the Europeans are going to win? Well, yes, I do think the experience is valuable. I do think the strong play from their veterans is going to be a turning point in this whole thing. And the reason I say that is because think about all the Ryder Cups that you've ever watched. There's always, especially in singles matches, there's always a few of those matches where it's like, you know what? This match should go a certain way. Again, on paper. And then almost every single event, that doesn't happen. There's a few upsets. I think that a lot of those situations, a lot of those, oh my God, I can't believe that this player pulled it out. That's going to be in favor of the Europeans this year. Ian Poulter is going to do Ian Poulter things. Sergio is going to do something to tick all of us off, at least on the American side, and win something. The same can be said up and down, especially for the veteran players. Now, does anybody know what the European squad has been thinking and feeling leading up to this week? Think about it. Have you heard anything from any of the European players that would lead you to believe that they're not prepared? Or hell, even even prepared? I would venture a guess and say, no, you haven't heard much of anything. Now compare that to just the nonsense that we've been hearing on the U.S. team side. And yes, I'll call it out, it's Bryson and Brooks once again. These two guys, yeah, and I get it. I have talked about Bryson probably 
a dozen times over the course of this season on this show. I talk about him a lot more on social. Is it entirely his fault? Not this week. I really don't believe that it is. If he wants to go and do this world long drive thing, or long drive champ, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it shows how much I paid attention to it, but I know he's doing it. If he wants to do that, fine. I, you know, honest to God, I, don't, I really don't care. I really don't care. Quite frankly, that's pretty much where he belongs. When he's not playing in major championships, fine. That is the entirety of what he's trying to do with his game. Hit it as far as you can, blah, blah, blah. He's going to do that immediately after the Ryder Cup. And, and the amount of attention that's been paid to that is just mind-boggling to me. You're talking about how he's got calluses on his hands and all that. If it's a smart idea for him to do it, I don't know. It's not for me to say. We'll find out, I guess. If he plays well in the Ryder Cup, then I guess it wasn't a big deal. And by the way, the only reason he's doing that is for a PR thing. Don't let anyone tell you differently. The long drive championships are struggling. COVID completely upended that whole thing. There's a long drive championship going on right now as I speak, as I record this, at Cog Hill Golf and Country Club. Like an amateur side of the event. And I, I would guess there's nobody there watching. So Bryson's there to try to breathe some life into this thing. And then we've got Brooks. Holy cow. You know, I go back and forth with Brooks. Obviously a hell of a player. You know, there was a long stretch uh, in my golf fandom where I did not believe that. Um, but clearly he is. I mean, he's he just shows up at every single major. And his just I-don't-care attitude about pretty much golf in general. Not only is it not surprising, because he has literally told us that he prefers baseball over golf. But it's also just become the most nauseating element to him. And it's, it's even worse than when people used to say that Rory didn't have the body language to, to, uh, to be a champion or whatever people used to say. Which, of course, we also know is incorrect. And, of course, we've got the dynamic between those two. Right? Bryson and Brooks, that's been going on all year. Yes, we all feed into it. Yes, I've talked about it a lot. You know, it's fun. It's funny um, because, um, at least in terms of Brooks, when he talks about not wanting to take this as seriously as perhaps others do, you know, in that press conference, he was describing how it's so different this week in comparison to, you know, just a regular tournament. And some of the things that he said probably didn't think it through as much as he should have. You know, comments like, oh, I did my job. What what more do you want from me? And then, of course, the response to that, particularly from Paul Azinger, about, you know, if he doesn't want to be there, then he should relinquish his spot to somebody who should. Or who does, rather. You know, all of this going on weeks and continuing into this week, it's just, it, you know, what? Why, why are we continuing to talk about this? And yes, I know the media plays a lot in that. But this is the reason why the Americans don't fare well at the Ryder Cup, historically. Is it so hard to believe that we might lose something? And I don't know if it's a commentary on, on American sports psyche in general, 
I believe that it is. But good Lord. I mean, we are, yes, you're playing for your country. I mean, you're, you're doing all these things. And, you know, I can, uh, people who, who speak up and say, you know, wow, what, what the heck are we doing? Oh, my God, you're anti-American or whatever. No, I mean, just save all that. Just save it. Think about it from a team dynamic standpoint. All the static that we have heard from the American side and we've not heard from the European side. We have no idea what's going on in that group. They're going to show up to Whistling Straits. There's not going to be more than 5% of the crowd going to be you know, cheering for the European contingent due to COVID restrictions. And they're, they're coming to whoop our ass. And I think they could. I've put my money on them. And yeah, I mean, you could go up and down the roster. You can go down, you know, shots gained or strokes saved or whatever the hell. And I'm sure, and I think ShotScope actually did this, now that I remember it, uh, on social. They actually did this little comparison for data where the American squad um, came out on top from all of these stats that people follow all year long. None of that matters. None of it matters. And I've, uh, you know, we talk about this every single year too. Why, the way that people qualify for for the Ryder Cup is is mind boggling to me. Why do we rely on the best stroke play players to make up a match play event? I've never understood that. Tiger doesn't have the best match play record in the world. In fact, I think we could all remember some of his worst performances in Ryder Cups. The same can be said for many people. And three guys who have done pretty well in match play situations, Kevin Na, Patrick Reed, Kevin Kisner, there's probably others. They're not on the team. So how does the European squad use their captain's picks on the likes of Sergio Garcia, Ian Poulter, and then the American squad just continues down the list of best stroke play players. I've never had that. I've never understood that. That's never been explained to me. I I really don't get it. So I guess in a way to summarize the level of uncertainty coupled with the amount of just nonsense that the American squad has been focusing on and what the American media, media has been focusing on for the Americans, it is, it is absolutely pointing me in the direction that the European squad's going to win. Now, that being said, of course, everything gets settled on the course, right? Chances are, or at least there's a small chance, that the Americans play pretty darn well. Brooks keeps his mouth shut. Bryson plays under control. Maybe Steve Stricker's got some secret formula up his sleeve with the vice captains where they're all going to be, you know, we're going to find the perfect little pods, you know, or whatever, groupings. Maybe all that happens. Maybe all that happens, and then this podcast, you know, my, my next episode, I'm on here and I'm saying, you know what, I was wrong. And I'll be prepared to do that. Absolutely. If the Americans come out blazing and they, they absolutely take this thing, I, you'll be the, I'll be the first one to say, you know what, I was wrong. 
Sadly, I don't think I'm going to have to do that, though. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting event all around. I mean, there's going to be, for all the things that we said at the beginning of the show, there's going to be all sorts of different things that uh, are going to be taking up a lot of the public attention, including uh, everything that's been happening off the course. So let me know your thoughts. Hit me up on social at Golf Unfiltered. Send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com. Let me know how I'm wrong, and we'll see how it plays out. But like I said, I have placed my bets and uh, yeah, I think that's that's just the way it's going to happen, I think. Well, we'll see. Uh, at any rate, uh, really appreciate everyone tuning in. Um, you know, I know at the beginning here I did mention a few things regarding uh, some of the commentary that I received. And yeah, I mean, feel free to say whatever. You know, and people have. I've been doing this for a long time. And, you know, if you do anything out there on the Internet where you put yourself out there, you're going to get you're going to get feedback. You're going to get blowback. And yeah, I've been pretty outspoken on a few things. And uh, that's going to continue. And I hope that the conversation continues as long as it remains respectful. And um, I think that's the best way to go because that's the best way that we can cover topics that are important, that do cross over, that cross those lines. A lot of lines are blurred these days. And uh, I think really, ultimately, that's how things change and that's how uh, decisions are made and decisions are smartly made, which is really the most important thing. So, you know, go out there, stay safe. If you're going to the Ryder Cup, enjoy the event. It's one of the most incredible things you'll ever see. Take care of one another. Be cognizant of one another. And uh, we'll talk soon. 